0: You are now listening to Well, well, well I'm now.
1: oh my god, did she just murder him? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, his poor penis. Yes, misandry.
0: Oh, poor man.
1: Ladies' serial killers
0: are the best. Well, she's never gonna get that stain out. Nothing says it's over
1: like running over your ass.
0: It had to be a woman. It had to have been a woman.
1: Are you wearing it? Wait, how big were her breasts? <laughs> <laughs> what's up? What's up, guys? Hey, hey, we're back here for another episode recap of yes. Killing Eve, uh, the penultimate episode yes. series, right? It's titled "Beautiful Monster." Beautiful Monster. Oh, speaking of beautiful for monsters, me. can we talk about Eve Palestré? Uh, can Something we give a standing ovation love. to whom <laughs> like, <do> we dedicate <laughs> this song to Eve and Dasha? Dasha, who's still well, alive somehow, and we're not sure how that happened, you guys.
0: Because yeah. we heard bones crack.
1: Oh, we Getting sure did. It was really intense. And that look on Eve's face. Oh. boots And um, <laughs> you know something like this was playing through her mind when she was crushing Dasha's ribs. I'm gonna walk all over you. And can we get those boots walking all over Dasha again since she's still fucking alive? Well, I don't know if Eve knows. I mean, of course she knows. I mean, I see. I need her to find out before the series is well, done. Do you,
0: Ooh, do you think? Is there time? I don't ask me. Don't ask me if true there's thing. time. I don't
1: know if there's time for anything. I'm just saying. I would like to see some sort of there. realization from somebody that Eve you crushed the shit out of Dasha's ribs and broke all six. Ashamed. If I had to guess.
0: See, if she would have stayed no, on I the phone long enough right. instead of hanging up or taking—it wasn't a voicemail, right that was a call. If she would have just said, "Hey, guess what I did today? Something. I want to talk and to and you about my day. We haven't have
1: spoken do. all series." But well, why would she do it on the phone? I would have actually know, rejected no, I that. I don't want her telling about her kills, any kills, or how she feels on a damn phone. It needs to be face to face. And we still don't know how Eve feels about Raymond, let alone how she feels about Dasha. I can just go off of that gleeful smile that was on her face when she was hearing the crack, cr- cr- <laughs> The excellent Foley <laughs> from the award-winning sound team at Killing Eve, they've, they've done it once again and giving us literally bone-breaking, bone-breaking sounds. She said, found fine, what, the heroes? Only, only get the girls out of the way. way. Well, it's a good thing
0: I'm not a hero
1: because I'm going after you She seemed perfectly puzzled about... Carolyn's statement but Eve, Eve is no hero she's a villain walking. just listen to the song and that's just what they'll <laughs> do and <laughs> one of these days these boots are gonna walk all over you future victims my name's Eve Pilastri. and I like a little a little pain with my pain and my death <laughs> are you ready boo? Oh my God! If I ever talk about the twelve when you're in the room, start walking. (laughs) See, you know, you know, the sixties dance. This part, start walking. Just imagine Eve doing the bunny hop on Dasha's chest. Start stomping start stomping.
0: It's like one of those
1: 80s workout videos. <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally, which by the way, I would totally watch that workout video. That and was like masandry aerobics. Right, right. And crush those <laughs> crush. ribs and crush those ribs. Now kick to the crotch and kick to the crotch. So (laughs) I'm sorry, but that was a beautiful way, bitch. I loved what I was looking at. Oh, my God. You guys. So how are we feeling? Probably from what I've seen on the timeline, which has been limited in this past week. I told y'all y'all still fucking around trying to send me spoilers. But I think generally the tension is to a fever pitch in the Killing E fandom, which is outrageous because it was already there. Right. From a week to week thing getting more intense. And it definitely has to do with. Some of the images we've been spoiled with, whether we liked it or not, we couldn't get away from it. We couldn't escape it when Killing Eve decided to put those images of Eve and Villanelle from the BTS on the Internet for people to find. And I know they are playing games because they had to know that with how the fandom works, people would pull that shit apart, zoom in, check every last frame and pixel to see what's going on. And so, yes, that part of the finale has been spoiled for us, which is that they do slow dance or at least for half a second from what we can tell. And yes, we are. We are very excited about that. We are very excited. I'm somewhere in the middle about being spoiled because on the one hand, I'm like, why, Killing Eve? Why are these images making it out? Why are the images of Carolyn and and Villanelle together? Right. But but it does create, it does stoke the feral flame inside of me. When I see that "Mm -hmm, I'm close to getting what I want, which is another sapphic kiss, and hopefully, 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 my love speech from Villanelle, Villanelle, and I do have thoughts and feelings and opinions for the snack, of course, about where that could be happening, but I'm feeling better than ever. I still feel like clown makeup contour. I still feel like I could see even a dress, but at the same time, I feel like it's impossible. (laughs) At the same time, (laughs) I feel like there's no time, and I'm being as ridiculous as I can be, but I did say last week that my optimism... Was going to be here the entire time. So, if I got to be out here looking like a whole ass clown, I am prepared and ready for that. For the finale, I am going to retire my dunce cap and I'm going to wear a Santa Claus hat. Santa Claus, but it's going to have a little bit of leopard in it, a little dash, a little assassin inspired, because I'm hoping I get gifts in the finale. See, I'm trying to go with a different jaunt into the finale, not preemptively. Calling myself the clown with a dunce cap, as I've been doing, and granted it has been warranted some weeks, but I'm hoping for nothing but presents, presents for Candace and all the other Villain Eve and Killing Eve fans, and yeah, that's what you guys can expect come Sunday evening.
0: So before we decide to do this major leap into Beautiful Monster, what she and I are going to do is just watch this episode one more time, one more time, just to get our heads one more wrapped again. around.
1: And will it be wrapped? Probably not entirely, Probably but not. a
0: little bit better. A little right, bit better. right. And so we're going to go ahead and do that. And we'll be right,
1: right back. back. I don't like your little game.
0: Don't like your tilted stage. Oh, you made me play. Fool, I don't.
1: I see darkness in you. (laughs) I see darkness in you, Eve Palastri, and I Mm. love it. I love it. Uh, I just, I...
0: Ah, sorry. But, I mean, well... All right. Penultimate is in the bag. It is in the books. It is it is locked in. It's loaded. It was released. It is out. Uh, Beautiful Monster, as we know, has been written by Laura Neal and directed by Damon Thomas.
1: Yes, the OG Oof. director for many of Killing Eve's best episodes. I think it's really interesting. I just want to say really quick before we start the recap that Laura has been tasked, it seems, the most this season with the very few scenes that have required not only all of the primary players in the cast, but particularly and especially Villanelle and Eve. And so I just want to reiterate what I feel like I've already said is that I'm feeling very positive about season four, which I do believe at this time will be Killing Eve's final season, the Swan Song. I feel very good about it being in Laura's hands because whatever the fuck was happening with Killing Eve behind the scenes and they were writing their stuff, clearly a lot of people felt like, Suzanne included, that Laura had a great voice when it came to writing for Eve and Villanelle. And so I'm just excited. It's a good omen is what I'm saying, guys. It's a good-ass fucking omen. But yes, let's get into this motherfucking recap, God. Which, look, y'all already know. We start with Villanelle. At the Lady in Red's crib. And I still don't know if the Lady in Red owns that place. If she leases it or (laughs) she gets it for free. Like NYU professors, like Villanelle with her mansion, her Spanish mansion in Barcelona. I don't know what the deal is with that stuff. I just know that the medieval decor is both creepy and impressive. And we open up to Villanelle looking around like the early sneak peeks scene we saw. Right. And she's like, this is extra. And also weird and notices that one knight in the corner that is giving her the side eye. and She doesn't like it. So she gives the knight back the side <laughs> eye until Ellen appears and opens the door like, hey, Villanelle, Villanelle. Villanelle. And Villanelle's like, finally, bitch, I- I've been here for like a whole 10 to 15 minutes or potentially longer, depending on how much energy the Lady in Red has. But I believe, as I said prior, when we were watching this scene, that like, that's what you do when you're involved. So you keep people waiting. You're like, you're on my time, actually. I'm busy right now. What are you busy doing? It doesn't matter it what doesn't I'm busy matter, doing. Not talking to you, We're ready. For actually. You. And yes, and then so she goes in. She gets up and goes in. And just FYI, Izzy, if you guys weren't on the live, I'll be referring to Rhianne mostly as Mary Poppins with the bangs. The bangs and the high waters, because that's how I see this hoe. They decided to say, Candace, you know what you don't get to see? You don't get to see how a bitch murks somebody. You don't get to see how the bitch in the black and the high waters that works directly for the lady in red mercs a hoe. But you do get to see her open her umbrella. So, hence, Mary Poppins. I, I get Mary Poppins the, connection with the Bangs. Now. <laughs> because that's all I know about Rihanna is that she has high waters and bangs and she likes umbrellas. And she's British, so... Well, actually, is she? You know what? Whatever. We'll just leave it there. I mean, she, maybe she's Scottish, bitch. I don't fucking know. But yes, so she gets in there and Elaine is like, yeah, this is Rianne, my woman, a woman who kills. She doesn't say all that, but you're like, it's a woman who kills. It's a woman. Yep. And Villanelle's just like, whatever. Um, nice place. Nice place you got here. Mm-hmm. She looks around a little bit. And Elaine is like, what are you doing? And in my mind, I'm like, she's looking around, bitch. She's surveying <laughs> she's yes! the situation like any good assassin should do. And Villanelle... Responds all cheeky and shit, bitch. I'm working out how I'd kill you, how I would murk you in your own house. And I'm like, that's typical Villanelle. Now she likes to have a plan. She likes to have she does a plan of action or escape where she is. And Elena's is like, oh, okay. I thought killing wasn't really a thing right now. Ooh. And I was like, mm, hmm. See, she has all the notes in the memos from Dasha about this.
0: So I was like, you would? Would you like to test? that theory? would you like (laughs) like to find out? Would you like to find out (laughs) if I'm done with
1: killing? (laughs) And here come the Lady in Red with some extra lines for Villanelle like, oh boo, you're only as good as your last kill though, right? And I love that once the Lady in Red delivers that line, we cut to Rianne's face as well, who sort of has an expression like, bitch, I heard how you were slumming it on your last gig and let me just tell you, Villanelle, pathetic. (laughs) That was the vibes I got from Rianne. And from my opinion, I don't know what you thought, but to me, Villanelle actually looked a little meek, if not embarrassed. When the lady in red delivers that line. Well, like, I, oh, y'all got jokes?
0: Okay. I mean, we're not there yet, but the same way how Carolyn said jokes are for people who do their jobs well. It was the same energy because Villanelle's used to being cheeky, but she's also used to being oh, flawless. Wow. That and is true. Perfect. That so is true. She's not used lady in Red was
1: like, "You can't talk that <laughs> shit, girl." When we out here looking at your last two shits, and the last one especially, right, right, you got injured. Right. What are we? What are we doing? So I would agree, but to me, that's something that we don't see often with Villanelle. That she has a right to be cheeky, but she can because she executes and gets it done. Right. And this time, she was trying to come in on her same jaunt, and the Lady in Red killed that quickly. She was like, "No, no, no, sweetie, that's not what we're doing. Calm down." know your role and realize that you got a D minus on your right. last assignment. Okay. Yeah. All right. And so Villanelle's expression to me was like, okay, so you're right. Like, I don't like that you're right, but you, you, you're correct, ma'am. You are correct. And then I feel like Alain gives her a little gimme like, all right, boo, will not you go ahead and tell me how you do it. I'll, I'll let you tell me. How would you do it? How would you, how would you kill me? And potentially the funniest line of this episode, <laughs> Villanelle, uh-huh. she's like, I-, I don't know, bitch, but I do know. It would involve that little bitty, little bitty tiny chair. That tiny chair in a corner, that one. I would like to incorporate it into your murder.
0: And it's funny because you didn't see the chair or notice it. And you get a shot of Rianne looking towards the chair before the camera goes into Right, bow. right. And it's like, who was, <laughs> who was this night? Who was was uh, who was who the dinklage? Like, there was somebody, somebody in the
1: Somebody was somebody. Somebody right, did something right. important. And that chair is there as a commemorative right. piece. But I do like the way the camera cuts to both Elaine and Rianne. Looking at the tiny chair, no doubt trying to imagine if they're assassin mimes. What? <laughs> Villanelle would conjure. Probably thinking to themselves, well, how would I kill a bitch with a tiny chair? No, I've imagined killing people with multiple things in this room. But what has never occurred to me is a tiny chair. Is this why people think Villanelle so inventive? Because she comes up with these out-of-the-box I mean, so many sharp murder sharp ideas:
0: objects that are mounted. And, and she, she goes chose the, the chair. <laughs> right, right. It's interesting.
1: <laughs> it is interesting. It's like an inkblot test for assassins. In this room, what is your number one thing you would choose to murder someone? And Villanelle's like, a I'll chair. choose the chair, right? A chair. <laughs> I'll choose the chair.
0: And so she tells him not to have a seat. Villain on her, her BDE fashion, she, she just got finished saying how she was going to kill you. She gestures towards the seat she wants to sit in. And she's like, no, not that one. And I'm like, hmm.
1: No, that mm. was funny because she was mm. like, bitch, if I could just get to the small chair. Right. And the way Jody plays this with her disappointed, childish look of like, no.
0: Right. <laughs> no. right. <laughs> because all she needs is to get to that chair to be able to feel it to get to see. She just needs might be to know right, it and understand like, it. She's like, why is it here? Is it? Right.
1: What type of wood did they use? Right. What is the finish like? So I understand those questions. But Hélène kills all of that. She's like, no, bitch. Another chair. <laughs> a regular chair. And Rianne does sit down before Villanelle. And I'm like, you're a good girl. I've already made jokes about Rianne and Lady in Red in the boudoir. I'm just saying. And I'm pretty sure Rianne is the power bottom that does exactly what she's told, given it how quickly she sat down before Villanelle sat down. But that, that was, was just a side sit. side observation.
0: Well, you know, when you're a rising star and you're looking at who's used to be on the number one spot, you're like, well, you can choose to get, I guess, the best, I guess. <laughs> but you know, you know that there's less headache over here this way. You know that there's uh, less headache and there's effectiveness on this way. Yes, I know. Maybe my books aren't as clean or as whatever, you know, I mean. but Is this is this your Rianne voice? Well, I don't know if she has a voice yet, but her inner, her inner say, voice she of dialogue. Said zero words. <laughs> she's she's a woman, she's
1: a woman of very few words. A she's, woman of very few words. She's like, I could
0: do this. I could do whatever you need me to do. I could do it. She was there for a job without saying
1: anything. I actually think she's the lady in red's side, like she's the lady in red's go-go, which you actually brought up when we were talking about it before. And I was like, She's nothing like go-go! But it's just because I love go-go. But the concept of what Go-Go was to that character, which is the top protection. The killer that does other jobs, but for you personally, probably also your bodyguard. Uh, Got you. Yeah. Which is interesting because with the lady in red talking about as well, we're about to cover like, oh, I could take you out like this. It's interesting that she has a Rian as like her number two who follows her around, which is why I said they probably in a boudoir. Because if she out here caressing on Villanelle, working her little keeper watcher, leader of the 12 magic of how do I keep my assassins in check? You know, the game she ran on Rian was expert. It was good. Of course. It worked. I mean, and then think
0: of the cover that someone like Ella needs to keep up where it's like, I'm a woman who truly has it all. Like literally it all. Plus I'm like this lead in this agency where I can, make sure that people disappear forever and it's like and if i needed the attention not to be on me directly then maybe i need to not be caught out there in a situation where i have to kill someone for whatever reason yes i can do it and yes it's effective but then i will have to worry about getting all the footages in case people were recording and giving all the witnesses and it's footages. like you here you go have, with the
1: killing of so man. you have
0: somebody like uh, a girl friday who can flex and you just say you know what just make, just clean it up you before it gets to me my light work is all you I don't even have to tell you you should just know anybody talk to me funny you gonna handle it that's it if I do this with my hand. But <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. We don't know the
1: chemistry between it's Rianne true. because she did not use Rianne as a threat. She used herself. Which to me is an well, indication of what the lady in red has done because she's not, she didn't say. I mean, we should just go different. on with the scene. It's not though. Well, you can be a person and a say, threat. if you're trying to kill me, my minion's gonna get to you first, which there no, are plenty of examples that's of a people doing
0: of threat. Threat to me was, you know, I don't really need you for this job. I could just have her do it.
1: No, I'm talking about the physical threat oh, okay. to Villanelle. Uh, so, so she's like,
0: So show me? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, she asks her about the injury, and right. Villanelle can't really show because she has a jacket on. She just gestures to her arm, which Ellen squeezes. Initially, you're like, Oh, that looks like it hurts, but then it's like it turns sapphic. And Villanelle does the first of many yelps as the lady in red fills up her arm. And next thing you know, she's in the bosom. She's in the bosom of the lady in red after the the grasp turned sapphic and if you guys were on the live you saw me in the moment as i probably was like freaking out yelling yeah i was going what the fuck ma'am and it's because i was having a, a double experience because i was excited to have what i essentially wanted from the lady in red but i was also mortified and upset that all this sapphic touching was happening between two women who weren't villanelle and eve and it caused a crisis crises of entertainment within me, you guys. It really did.
0: Yeah, it was weird watching that whole thing.
1: And then the dialogue
0: that followed. It was all very weird to yeah. experience.
1: Villanelle's gasping like, ma'am, what is happening? What are you doing? Why are you touching me like this? Oh, I'm in your bosom. Okay, well, this is kind of nice being in the bosom. And we get the mini speech, the mini soliloquy from Alain, where she's like, do you know why I love you, Villanelle? Because you're an agent of chaos. And I love chaos. Chaos disrupts. And at this point, Villanelle has been reluctant with the lady in red clutching up on her. And then she grabs her arm and gets a bit into it. And I started freaking out further at what was happening. And she continues to say, like, it rips apart and it starts again like a forest fire. It burns. It clears. It's monstrous and it's beautiful. And then she plants a kiss on the top of her head and, like, caresses her hair for a bit, like a doll. She's like, look at this little doll, baby. Let me just straighten out these things. And I'm like, her hair's already neat. And it gave me a little Julian vibes, actually. But uh, different. I don't know, but I'll let you explain what you mean by Julian vibes, but I have a very specific juxtaposition that I felt like I was getting with the Julian vibes. Is that diving
0: into musing
1: territory? No. Oh, okay. I have enough muses leading up to the finale. So you can explain, I guess, what you meant by that, Uh, the Julian vibes, for your perception uh, just the whole
0: embracing at first, because I was like, you guys are not, you don't know each other like that. There's too much familiarity that's one-sided, that's not reciprocated. And you just feel like the onus of you and your position and place in this person's life is to be some sort of a provider. Yes, you can be, uh, they can be under your employ or your captive audience. Because this meeting, I mean, it didn't need to happen. Who still knows? But it did happen. It's, it was a weird dynamic. you the meeting
1: didn't need to
0: happen? It was a weird dynamic in uh, the relationship. What I mean by the meeting needs happen, I mean, as far as like the captive audience whether
1: um, Do you mean Rianne?
0: Rianne ultimately definitely didn't need to be there but I guess I disagree. She to I disagree. Reflect-
1: your number two always has to be there. How are you in a room by yourself? It's what you were saying about the politician when you were upset that he was in a room with Villanelle by himself with no assistant when he was a high profile someone. Definitely So true. you cannot right. be a high profile someone of anything uh, whether it's a private entity or a government entity and not have an assistant someone who is your person, your number one in a room to also see what's going on but also have you back depending on what's happening. So I would say that a woman at the Lady in Red's level needs a number two trailing her because how else are you supposed to have the energy that intimidates people (laughs) if you're by yourself in the room? I don't know. It's a little different when you don't have an entourage.
0: I guess it is different. It reads more like BDE when you have an entourage.
1: It definitely does because you have minging When you have people who have pledged to serve you, Even if they're being paid and there's a degree of loyalty where you're like, that person would do anything for me. That's something else. And so it's one thing to be cool. It's another thing to inspire people to pledge themselves to you. And so I I don't know if that's what's happening with Rianne. Maybe she's just getting paid, but that's what it feels like.
0: But ultimately, that's where I would put the glass plane of where I see similarities of the sort of energy, the Julian-esque that I was reading into watching
1: Ellen interact with Villanelle. The Julian thing, the reason why I had the juxtaposition was like an aspect of control or manipulation in the sense that Julian was interested in manipulating Villanelle while she was sick to keep her there. And his creepy parental version of stuff was definitely rife with inappropriate content where the lady in red, as far as I can tell, she's very calculating. She's very smart. And so she understood why she was doing what she was doing for Villanelle based on the intel she's received about what's going on in her life. But I feel like Villanelle reacts the way she does, which is kind of confused, but also upset at the end, which I'll get to, because it's ultimately full of artifice. It's like Julian in that here are these things that by design are meant to comfort you. But maybe like Dasha stitching up her arm, it's ultimately hollow because you know this person really doesn't care anything for you. The lady in red says, "I love, I love you, Villanelle. But does she? Does she love Villanelle or does she love the concept of Villanelle or is she completely full of shit? Now, I would say the last option because she's way too powerful and stuff to not be full of shit. And especially because she says later, oh, you're a child, then she is doing a better job. Or actually, I wouldn't even necessarily say a better job, although I do think it's a better job. It's an alternative approach from the Raymond approach, which is to say, instead of ruling with an iron fist, which anyone can do, rule with an iron fist, rule with violence, rule with control. She is trying to rule with emotional Control. And again, if you've been paying attention to Villanelle for the past year and a half, two years, however much time has passed, you might decide that, okay, if we want to try to keep this bitch in the fold, let's try a new approach because just choking this hoe out is not going to get her to listen because many people have used violence with Villanelle and it doesn't work.
0: Why do I also want to add just this flair of the possibility of somebody having more or being able to offer more than someone in like a position of a Constantine could? would also be a piece of a factor in it as well because you've had all these people try to be oh well this is your new handler oh they're dead oh well here's your next new handler oh now he's dead and it's like well
1: uh, Well, but see that's interesting because (laughs) she has a history with Constantine and she cares about Constantine she has no history and as far as we can tell she does not care about the lady in red so that's to me where it's a little different where she could believe earnestly if you're a Villanelle, that Constantine has a piece of care, even if he's a piece of shit, because he's proven it by trying to look out for her, despite the fact that he always is looking out for himself as well. The Lady in Red has shown no such things. So we can't give her that stuff unless she returns to Series 4 and she, I don't know, was a misandrist who was like, well, I don't like to kill my women assassins. I just like to get them in line. So then who would you credit her being fake
0: promoted to keep her? with. Would you credit that to Dasha and be like, Dasha was able to no, provide the Villanelle? lady in
1: red? I'm saying that the lady in red has a longer game of how she's trying to control Villanelle that again, if they have files knowing about even the turtleneck, they have to have files on her behavior and actions, just like I believe she already knew what happened with the mother. She asks in the next few lines, and I believe she already knew. She was just trying to get it out of Villanelle. And so a woman like that does not not have information, and Villanelle wasn't obscuring her travel to Russia or any other places. So they know the bitch was in Russia, just like Dasha probably knows the bitch was in Russia. And why Mm. wouldn't Dasha tell the lady in red as soon as she found out? (laughs) Dasha doesn't have any care or concern for Villanelle, and she doubly, triply confirmed it this episode. So why is Dasha keeping secrets? We don't even know that Constantine's keeping secrets. Constantine could have told someone, you know, Villanelle went over and murdered her family. So I think she knew. I think it was more so about establishing a type of rapport that she thinks is necessary to keep Villanelle in line, which is like beautiful woman older woman, staphically inclined, give her this nurturing thing that other people are not giving her and let's see if that works. That's my current theory right now with The Lady in Red because while you could say, okay, she looks sincere, I simply cannot believe that she's sincere. I'll believe that she's sincere in trying to get Villanelle, like with some reins, like she's trying to get some control back and she's trying different methods to do it. And she probably convinced people on the board to be like, let me just try my way real quick. Before we work the bitch, can we just see if my way works? Thank you. I'm right. trying to tell you about the sapphic winds. You guys aren't listening to me, but I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> and so after actually she delivers that initial piece about, oh, "You're a beautiful monster. I feel like she says something like people like you often feel like they have to fly solo or keep things bottled up inside them. Thoughts, feelings, secrets and that it can affect her ability to be truly monstrous. And then she's like, so do you have something you want to get off your chest? Villanelle. And that's when I was like, bitch, you already know. Why would you say that? Unless you already knew she went to Russia and did some things.
0: You know, it's funny. Dasha was just telling me that that kind of life isn't for people like me, that I was meant to be alone. So it's weird that we're getting this thing where it's like everybody's like, Dasha saying, no, that's not for us. You're meant to be alone. And then here we go. Ellen saying... You know what? You just, you shouldn't feel like that you're all, you can only do this by stonewalling yourself to the world and feeling alone. You should. You know, open up, open your heart to me. But see, (laughs) isn't that two different
1: things? It's different to open your heart to someone and still be alone. So as Dasha will say later in the episode, she doesn't believe she'll die alone because she will die with someone by her side. Opening yourself up to someone does not guarantee you someone to die with. It does not guarantee you a life partner. So I don't know. But yes, she asks about what has happened recently. And we all know that something really bad happened to Tatiana And if Constantine was able to find her family that fast, like I said, I just don't know how the 12 doesn't know they're still alive, where they are, and what's happening with them for reasons that make sense for the 12. Oh, there was news of an electrical fire in Grismet. (laughs) Well, Killing Eve Science says they have satellites when it's appropriate for the plot. So there's all kinds of ways to it get images of what true. happened there. And Villanelle, because this bitch has been crying and tearing up literally, literally basically the entire season, it's happening again. And we're like, oh my God, is she going to say something? And I was screaming at the TV, bitch, you better not. Bitch, you better keep that shit. You already told Constantine. The next person you need to confess this to is Eve. Is so you guys can have a talk. So don't tell this bitch because I would have been really hurt on the inside as a Villanelle shipper she did. She and so like, I was so happy when she didn't. She said I I did
0: something bad to my mother and <laughs> I was like whoa 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 she was like what what'd she do
1: she said that she took she took a poo poo a poo poo right. she, she in, in her shoe and she was like three I think she said and it made me think of broad city I have no recollection I think of what you're talking all right about. so
0: I want to say that one of them went to use the bathroom and the toilet wasn't flushing right and she didn't want to have it in the toilet and was there a power outage as well and,
1: I'm not remembering this episode. Poo in the shoe. Poo it's, in the shoe. It's, this, it's blanking City from my fans mind. Fans
0: tweet, tweet at us if you know whatever it is I'm referencing. It was a lot ridiculous. And it turned out that one of the characters actually, <laughs> actually did poo in the shoe. Like they were trying to hide it from inside the toilet bowl. And it ended up in a shoe. Someone had to take
1: the blame for the poo in the shoe. Well, someone has yeah. to take the blame, definitely, was, if there's poo. In a shoe, and there's multiple people there. Like, we need to have a talk about who did this to the shoe. And that was that
0: was the crux. Like the whole, it was a ridiculous well, series of events. Lord. That
1: sounds ridiculous. Much like the story sounds to the lady in red, who was just like, "Okay, ryanne it's time for us to roll out because apparently Villanelle is not taking anything seriously."
0: she gets up because you
1: know, I guess no, they were gonna leave her there. They and were. I was surprised by that. Watching on the live again because uh, it just it sets the tone for how they see Villanelle and. How important she is, ultimately, because they literally were about to exit the room and be like, well, no jobs for you. No more information. See yourself out with the help because we're done. And Villanelle has to be the one to stop them to be like, yo, give me another job. Can I get another job? And Ellen is like, oh, but bitch, you're injured. Bitch, you're injured. Remember what happened on the last job? She was like, fine, I'll take it Asha. Surprising. That she wants to take Dasha and Lady and Red as well. Like, I guess, I guess you could take Dasha, but like get the shit done and get the shit done efficiently and well, because otherwise what's the point of sending you? What's the point when I could just send my girl, Rianne? How'd you tell her that? <laughs> she told her that success
0: was essential and whatever this new thing that she's going to be uh, telling her to take care of. We'll see if things successfully went off when I hit, when we get there, but apparently It is essential. We'll see about it.
1: I feel like every job from the 12 is essential because why else are you hitting, are you taking hits (laughs) out on people unless you're like, this has to happen for the plan? So, Villanelle, I don't know what is going on with her, especially because she botched every aspect of the plan. You didn't kill Dasha. You didn't kill the dude. So, what are you doing, Villanelle? But, um. Earned your perks, Villanelle. Earned your perks. She is not interested in earning any perks, unfortunately, but she does tell the lady in red, thanks for the random, inappropriate touching. It's kind of (laughs) nice. Which I'm like, poor touch-starved Villanelle. She is so damn touch-starved. She has no wifey and she's not even banging some randos. And so holistically, she is touch-starved. And with her crisis that is happening and her identity issues that are happening, it's just one of those things where I feel like she's craving physical touch, but then she always looks awkward as fuck when she gets it because it's not from the person she wants it from. And there's no emotional connection to these people who are trying to give it to her for whatever their side reasons are. But at the, at the bottom of it all, she's still like, I want it, though. Hence her comment about inappropriate touching. And I got flashbacks to Anna because I'm like, girl, the way you align older women hitting on you is interesting because you've never said any such phrases to Eve because, well, you guys flirt in different ways. But it's very, like, deliberate comparisons to the lady in red and specific actions like compliments being construed very specifically as flirts or desire. And it's, it's interesting. I'm sure a whole lot can be said in muses about Villanelle's adolescence and the influence of Anna and that vastly inappropriate relationship and how she sees interpersonal sexual relationships now.
0: Right. Regardless, regardless of the spectrum, because she... Even when she, the other episode, when she saw it, you know, she was like, is that your boyfriend? Like she already. She is, yeah, that's
1: why I said. I'm like, right. that speaks to me of a person who's seen way too many abuse when you make these types of assumptions. So was that in the orphanage or was that in the, or is it after I, the orphanage? Again, sir, can you not ask these okay, questions right, that cannot I, well, be asked? I know. Is it in the orphanage? I mean,
0: I'm, the frame of reference comes from somewhere.
1: But then also a lot of people, unfortunately, who have had abusive situations have had more than one. So I can't isolate it at the orphanage. She was abused by her mother in some kind of way, potentially her father, went to the orphanage. Who knows what the hell happened there? She burned it down and then went, (laughs) we don't know, until she ended up in Anna's school where the abuse then came from the teacher. So I really don't know. But Villanelle's alignment of what is right, what is moral, what is ethical is definitely fucked up and it started at home. And there's a lot that can be said about young queer people getting into sexual relationships and jaunts with people much older than them and not realizing how that affects you emotionally and otherwise mentally until you're much older and you're like, oh, wait, oh, wait. Like, we've talked about this a little bit on Gentleman Jack Crack that, you know, when you're maybe 15 or 16, if you feel like someone's coming on to you, you date someone who's 25, 27, doesn't feel like it's a big deal or even 30 or whatever. But when you get to be that age... And then you look at the, the babies who are that age, you you say to yourself, okay. This is definitely not That right. was disturbing. Right. That was bad. And unfortunately, as we've said before, it's not something that people really talk about in the queer community, as there are high, high numbers of people who've had this experience of being a baby gay and an older queer person just makes themselves visible. And because you're so eager and hungry to learn and be around stuff when you're young, how, how do you know to put the proper boundaries for someone who's saying as far as you can tell, they authentically care. Oh, no. It's complicated.
0: That really made me think of me telling my roommate that my godson turned 16 and was like, oh, he's almost in that range where you used to date and stuff. And I'm like, well, first off, that's sick and fucked up for multiple reasons because, first off, that's my godson, so ew, gross. But then secondly, the last time I was even entertaining a 19-year-old, I was in my 20s. So you have the frame of reference because we've known each other for over 15 years. Right. But I'm older than my 20s so me thinking of a 19 year old today Nah. No. Like that, can't do it. That, it no, can't it, do I, it. I don't have the range, can't and they don't do have it. the range.
1: How can we even entertain each no, other? No, I really can't do it. Like I told you, that girl. It was the first lesson for me, and I was in my mid twenties, and she was sixteen. And at the Sweet. time, it's 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 not. Some people, some people out there would say it's not a gap, but it was to me. In her mind, mentally, where she was, what she was doing in life, it was so not where I was, and so young that I just couldn't understand why anyone would do that, unless, of course, you seek to control. Cajole and use. And so I know as I try to counsel the gaybies now and you don't want to be too judgmental, you just want to hear what people have to say and try to give your advice. It's just like at the same time, I wanna be like, hey, there are these other things. And while I understand the side, because that was me too, when you're sixteen or seventeen, you're like, bitch, you don't know, this is love. This is real. And then you get older and you're like, Oh, oh, there was some manipulation there that I just I feel like, and we've gotten off topic, but in media, if they just would talk about it more, then we can maybe have some more conversations open up so that people can then get more comfortable with what is appropriate age, appropriate stuff, consent, manipulation, influence. And that's the babies, the queer babies, they need attention and love to to figure out how to jaunt in relationships to the world because there's no template Hets have all kinds of toxic templates and non-toxic templates while right. the queers have freeform and, like, right,
0: free and then like it's not every once every like maybe nine years we will get a call me by your name or like whatever it is that's like well but that's not enough of a representation it's like not. It, not every queer interaction needs to be this wholesome content some of it is allowed to be toxic Some of it's allowed to be blah. Some of it's allowed to be, it's just allowed to be more Oh my goodness, this
1: whole side topic as we've gotten already off on the recap, but I might have mentioned this film to you before, but I want to say it was an independent film titled L.I.E., you know, the abbreviation for the Long Island Expressway. Okay. And um, the loose plot of the film, if I'm remembering correctly, there's two young adolescent boys, I want to say between the ages of 14 to 16. So it's in that window and... One of them is definitely queer. And he's at that stage in life where, you know, you're discovering yourself, you have hormones and stuff, and you're figuring things out. And where the movie gets wild is that there's a predator. There's a sexual predator, child predator in there. And he's like a baseball coach. I feel like I'm remembering. And so the movie tries to get into some of what this is, where you have his friend who seems to be mostly het, if not entirely het. But the way that he finds himself in sexual situations, he's trying to manipulate back how he feels like people have manipulated him. And then you have this innocence of this other friend who is queer and young and looking for acceptance and love. And then here's this predator, like an Anna, who's like, here I am giving it to you. And so you're going to fucking take it because you're desperate for it, but you can't possibly understand the toxicity of it. Right. And so what I liked about the film... At least, hopefully I'm remembering this correctly, is that the director was trying to show both perspectives. That you try to film it in such a way that you are filming from the child's perspective of this feels good, this feels right, this feels like I'm getting love. But also the camera lens from the Predator's perspective that you get that creepy feeling as a watcher where you're like, this is not what it is. And so I just found it, I have not seen it in years, but I remember it because it was just, it's one of those rare films you see at the festivals that is dealing with queer storylines, but that thing that is also like a thing that people don't talk about enough. And I don't really know what else to say about it because I've not watched it for a while, but that's something that jumped into my mind because it's such a rare occurrence in films that someone discusses a thing that is relatable. Even just thinking about my dude friends who were queer when we were in high school and every last one of them had a boyfriend that was... Well, out of the race. Yep. Right, right, right. yep, yep, uh, As, know, I right. As I did. As I did with a woman, but you don't, but you just, you think you the shit. But the difference you is, you think you the shit. One's
0: a category and one's not. Well.
1: Like, uh, I'll,
0: so, I'll leave that right. I'll no, leave no, that no. where is that. It, we'll,
1: we'll leave that there. Right, right. We'll chew right, on that. Right. And we'll come back to it um, in another podcast. Right, because. <laughs> Sorry guys, woo. we went off topic, but that's just because these things are that they're doing with Villanelle, and I'd be curious, I hope somebody somewhere asks a question on one of these lives and chat, so that'll be happening post mortem after the finale. To be like, where are some of these ideas coming from? Because in my mind, I'm like, someone has to have an idea of sexual predators and abuse and things that can happen, and using that to sort of explain why Villanelle is responding in some of these these ways, where she doesn't seem to fully understand what a person is doing, but she only understands it within the framework of what she's experienced. Right. <sighs> Anyways, um... <laughs> oh, so, right,
0: before I, Ellen leaves out, she she makes sure that, oh, by the way... <laughs>
1: She's like, listen, bitch, <laughs> by the way, and this is really when I got my entire life, I really did. I was upset that I got my life, but I did get it. She was like, listen, boo, before you leave, just want to let you know, you couldn't have killed me. You couldn't have done that before I killed you. Oh, right? I would have killed you first. And in my mind, you guys, I was imagining something real wild. I was like, she has hidden pins in her hair. And she would just pull it out and get right into Villanelle's eyes. Like, I just, I imagine that type of excellence from her. And of course, Villanelle hears that fucking threat. And she's like, wow, you, that's sexy. You're sexy. You, this is... <laughs> wow ma'am ma'am you are the best boss i've ever had wow 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 i kind of want to know what you mean but i realized that you're exiting the room and that's fucking fine so after villanelle's like god you're sexy i feel like helen's face is like i know excuse me <laughs> excuse me child oh i yeah, forgot that's for what for she said right. that's what she said she was like you're just a child like i forgot that she added that she was like not only could you not kill me bitch you're just a child you have no idea you have no idea what you're fucking with I mean, you have no idea.
0: But I'm that child that's the beautiful agent of chaos. And you gonna put some respect on this child I don't and know. what this child can. I mean, I know. she
1: might not have to. Maybe Villanelle from series two would have said that. Oh, but okay. Villanelle from series one, who barely escaped oh, her no, last no, kill, right, she right, don't right, got that job. Right, right. And does she deserve to have it No. No. No, I know you got to be taking people out like she did the perfume person to then step into the room. Bye bye. <laughs> you got to take people out like she did the Italian old man right. to step into the room like you got some shush. You can't come in when you have an arm injury. And you left a mess, a literal fucking mess, at the crime scene. Your DNA, your blood, That's true. on the thing. And someone else, some other cleaning crew, had to come get you. Nah, 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 nah. Hopefully, Villanelle was able to read the room and that thing. She was like, you know, what? let me save this next joke for next time. Let me not, let me not roll this out right now.
0: Of course, um, your Mary Poppins
1: of the bang was looking yes. all like. Mm. Rianne, she's like, she's, she's like, mm. like, boss. Let us alight to the boudoir because I, I too, am <laughs> <laughs> turned on by your controlling ways. And yes, uh, it took us what like a half hour to get to that first scene, but. We are well, finally we done it. with it. We did it. We <laughs> did it. We finally did it. And what I actually like about this last part of the shot that I found interesting is that we just sort of leave Villanelle to chill there and sit and contemplate like many shots we've actually had of her this season. Oftentimes when the music is playing over, the lyrics have had meaning to what's happening or giving some sort of insight into what she's thinking. And so this time the song is playing is a song evidently the band was Jack Leopards and the Dolphin. But we saw after the fact that it's a Taylor Swift thing and it's a cover and stuff, not too too familiar with a bunch of Taylor Swiss music so I, I didn't recognize it but i did figure that out after the fact but what caught my attention at the time were the lyrics and the first verse is basically like i don't like your little game don't like your titled state the role you made me play cool no i don't like you i don't like your perfect crime how you laugh when you like you said the gun was mine isn't cool no i don't like you and the pre-chorus is i got smarter i got harder in the nick of time honey rose up from the dead i do it all the time Got a list of names and yours is in red, underlined, check it once, then check it twice. Oh. So, what's interesting here is that the lyrics seem to be formed for the 12. And if you take it like larger, then maybe it could also represent Eve and MI6 in terms of like being done with the stuff. And so, at the time I was watching, but I wasn't sure. I was like, I wonder if Villanelle's even gonna go through with the kill. Because when they did the lyrics, the lyrics usually mean something. I'm like, this these lyrics are indicating she's done with the 12. And to me, anyway, I read into it as Villanelle could see through the Lady in Red's game that she's like, I liked this game. You touched me, and the bosom was nice. It was soft, and you smell real good. But I can see that you're full of shit right. and you're just trying to control me like every other goddamn person in this organization and I'm not into it I'm over it I just want some fucking transparency and honesty and so that's how I interpreted that last scene is that she indulged and she made her jokes and she did catch some good feels off of the interaction but ultimately she was left sitting there like nah I'm done with the 12 because it's always fake it's always fake fucking shit why can't anyone be real with me so I don't know if you guys have thoughts on that you can send them the fuck in but yeah that's that, that was the general vibe I felt like I was left on with Villanelle in the medieval room of Deadly Sappho.
0: I mean she couldn't sit in the chair she wanted to and yeah you're right she did get a lot touched on I guess she had to deal with the fact that there was another person in the room who didn't speak at all and I guess it's fine she didn't address anything to extra person in the room it was keeping things as business as it could be when they tried to leave without offering her anything and she's like hello Like y'all know why I'm here. Just give me
1: give me a job, bitch. I'm trying to be productive, right? And so after we officially get out of that scene and we hear this song, we are back, aren't we back? Right. The title title
0: cards is, is back with the ink blot blood blot. Well, we can't call it blood, but you know the ink blot with the names of the people. Right. Not all the people,
1: but enough people. Well, all the primary. Well, I'm going to try to <laughs> save it for the... Well, no, no, no. I don't think you know where I'm going because I have a pretty intense muse about oh, what's happening okay. with the titles. Okay. I was just going to say that I'm saving it for the muse because it does get pretty intense and we already chit-chatted for about a half hour in this recording about youth queer issues. So I will keep that. I will just say that I have gone back to my insanities. I've put on my cubricat hat because you know how I am when it comes to symmetry, numerology, things that involve equations and numbers and things balance. And so there seems potentially there could be something going on with how Killing Eve is doing these titles. That's not just a random manic panic. But yes, I will save all those musings for the musings. I'll just say, I'll just say I'm kind of happy the titles are back. I I didn't think there was any form or structure, but now that they're back, I do. I do think there are forms and structures. Say for now, and we can move on.
0: All right. Well, right after this title card wraps up, we're with Carolyn, and it's uh, we'll, we'll say it's brunch time, Breakfast brunch time, and she's sitting with Mo. Mo's, Mo Mo's returned. Agent Mo's back. Oh Mo's Mo. returned. Right, right. Oh, no. So As you can hear in my voice, <laughs> I've had I've had reservation about seeing him on screen again because I already used him away to say that he was not bad about it. He was not on the level of dealing with people trying to come after his life right. and livelihood. But I guess he needed to do this job for Carolyn. Carolyn is not impressed by what he has
1: uncovered. Actually, I want to say real quick that that's little stuff that Killing Eve could clean up. It wouldn't have been hard to establish a little bit of continuity with Mo. Just have him pop in for two seconds so that we know he's still working with Carolyn because given the way how they just didn't deal with Maria, the Spanish wife, a lot of the fandom was like, "Ah, will we see Mo again? Maybe not. Maybe they just took him out the show and didn't even bother to say anything because they have been doing stuff like that. So that's just something I wanted to note that it actually would have helped if we literally saw Mo for less than 30 seconds. Right. Or Carolyn calling him, right. Mo, did you do the thing? Well, do the thing, bitch. Okay, bye. Even if okay, it was okay a what did you want to eat? Right. Eve, what did you want? Right. But yeah. We rarely hear anything. Get back anybody. to recapping right. your We've, favorite
0: agent. We rarely hear anything. I'm sorry. That Eve, that Carolyn's talking on the phone. We, we don't hear any of her conversations ever. But I guess they wanted to make sure that that remained a mystery with her. But here she is looking over some photos. He's like, um, oh. and it seems like he's been definitely just trailing Paul. Like, he's just been doing yoga. Regular white people stuff,
1: you know. He's not doing anything <laughs> insane.
0: And Carolyn's like, no, but what I told you to do is bring me back hard evidence that he's affiliated at
1: least. For Mo. He's like, bitch, I don't think there's evidence. She's like, okay, yeah. but um, that's not what you're paid to do. You're paid to do what I tell you to do. All right. And one of those things is not making jokes, sir. <laughs> jokes happen when you do well on a job. <laughs> Poor Mo. Right, she definitely took his omelet from
0: him. What he thought he was about to dig in because he just you know, well, because
1: he got a little he got a little prickly. He was like, "Well, bitch, do you want me to make shit up? Is that what you're looking
0: for?" <laughs> she said, "Um, no. What I want you to do <laughs> is uncover the
1: evidence that is already there." And she's no, like, "You know, so- give me the omelet. Get out." <laughs> because she excuses him because oh, Mo does. was like, "I'm trying to I'm trying to chill and eat my omelet." And She's like, "Oh, but what you need to do is excuse yourself because I've actually done it." For and you. Here he goes
0: with his um. I don't want to level this towards Kenny's protest in the beginning, where he's like, you know what? That would be fine. You know what? It would be. He mm-hmm. was like, you know what? I get that you're stressed because we haven't solved Kenny's
1: murder. He was it's trying just- to be sweet. He's like, I get, you, you know, you did there's reasons why you're being so mean to me right now. And I'm trying to understand those reasons, ma'am. Okay. You're the Carolyn Martins. I mean, there's so many different ways that he could have But Carolyn's like so rude because she's yeah. like, yeah, Kenny has to do with why you're like this. And she's like, oh, how astute. Aren't you the observer? Aren't you so <laughs> smart, Mo? And he's like, wow, wow, wow. So how do you even know that Paul is a fake ass hoe? Oh, right. The bottle of champagne. Uh, she's a stir fry kit, kit and, and a, a bath, bath bomb. bomb. And she's like, What does that say to you, bitch? And he's like, I don't know that a bitch is about to um stay inside, have a good night at home, or, a chill night.
0: Right. Or that he wants people to think that he would. This particular brand of Cheblis is undrinkable. And I was like, ooh. I
1: said, now that's Oop. classy. <laughs> Carolyn has so much information in her goddamn head. So hot. All right. So after Carolyn is like, I said bye because I said what I said, and now it's time for you to exit. Mo finally starts to exit the restaurant, and he passes Eve, who's on her way in, and immediately she can tell. She can tell Carolyn's been on her fuck shit, and she's like, oh, another young person inspired, Carolyn. Another inspired young person working for you, yeah, who like, will oh, probably end up dead. Don't be like that. I saved you his omelet so immediately Eve is like okay so villanelle's been promoted all right dasha told me this shit all right and so we need to get to her because she's obviously she's obviously the thing that we need to use the information we need to get other stuff for the 12 and immediately Karen's like oh dear
0: (laughs) well i guess you won't
1: be needing that after all this is how we're starting give me the omelet omelet. (laughs) no food for you because you don't deserve it and i feel like eve gives her a look but she's like whatever and just continues and it's like okay so listen villanelle's rising up the ranks okay and this has to be the move. This has to be what we do.
0: Carolyn says, you chaotic you gay bitch. No.
1: <laughs> of any sort energy. Else? And I was like, wow. 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 Oh, for real. I was like, even I was like pot kettle, kettle, pot, pot, kettle, kettle, pot. Because Carolyn, you can't seem to find a piece of time for your child. To just get her to stop turning up. But okay, you out here pointing at other people who are obsessed with things. That's interesting. And Eve does have that smug face, which if you guys can just remember how smitten Eve was, much like Elena in series one, when after we meet Carolyn for the first time in the first episode, her and Bill, I think are in the elevator. And she's like, she called me Eve. And she's like, (laughs) gloaty. And then we go to Eve with series two. Eve with Carolyn in series three. We've had a complete and total 180 with how Eve deals with Carolyn from absolute reverence and respect to bitch, I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. What's that Big Sean song? I-, I don't fuck with you. Right. <laughs> that's right. that's that's Eve right now. And
0: ultimately, she's like, well. For all I know, you have a direct line with Villanelle. Maybe that's why you're trying to have us focus on something different. She's like, isn't it about time?
1: Oh, yeah, she calls you your own little thing. She's you... like, don't you got your own little thing going on? <laughs> right, you're out right. here talking about my thing, but what about your thing? And what I liked about that is that it actually sounded a little bit jealous. A little bit jealous Eve came out because she wanted to know. She was uh-huh. like, why are you doing stuff and knowing stuff with my girl that I don't know? Uh-huh. Ma'am, you know I need to know everything about Villanelle. And the fact that you've kept this for me for a year has really been weighing on me and I'm over it. And she called count on that shit. And of course, we have been waiting for deets. We, had, we were yes. screaming in the preseason snack yes. about getting answers to this, and thankfully, Suzanne and Laura delivered, finally, an answer on what the fuck was happening with Carolyn Villanelle in Russia, which was evidently Carolyn trying to give her a jab. To which Villanelle was like, Nabi, I'm good. I'm enjoying what I'm doing with mm-hmm. the 12, and mm-hmm. I enjoy that your MI6 agent that isn't really employed is chasing me. It's a lot of fun.
0: And here goes Eve leaning back, and she crosses
1: her arms. She says, well, good for her. And I was like, oop. Oh, I love that look. <laughs> I love that look. I love it. Petulant Eve is my favorite, Eve, isn't after that that Carolyn goes on for a bit about Her undiagnosed masai Messiah Messiah complex. complex.
0: Really, right? It is. That is. Exactly and again, Eve is like, really,
1: bitch, really, bitch, really, bitch, really, bitch. Me, me, bitch, me. I have a messiah complex, bitch. You literally work for MI6, where your job is to quote unquote save the world. Like, if we are gonna argue about complexes, my dear, um, Carolyn, would you like to speak of yours? And I feel like that's why Carolyn's just like, let me get my bag. Excuse right. me. She does. The, she's literally the Viola Davis gift. Yes. She's like, get my purse. When you can learn to respect a bitch, I might, I might have another meeting with you. Excuse me, Eve. Right now she's I'm packing here up. Eve.
0: As she's packing up, Eve's like, "Well, th- hold on. So, what was all this for? What, uh, what was? Why we? Why do we do? Why? What we do? What,
1: what, what, was, <laughs> what is? What was the point? I think Carolyn's like, information, intelligence gathering to compile a comprehensive filofax of despots, maniacs, and extremists. Girl, for a Christmas party, duh. That's <laughs> what we do. <laughs> and here's Eve. Oh, maybe that was before, but. That was before, bitch. That was before we lost everything. Me, meaning me. I lost everything. Because, Carolyn, you still have stuff. You literally have stuff. Me, Eve Palastri, I have nothing. I don't even have a home. Right. Not, it can't be the same. Now after all home. that's happened. No. And I believe that's when Carolyn Lee hits her with the hero line. Yes. You'll do well to remember Eve. <laughs> <laughs> heroes only get the girl in Hollywood. And I was like, okay, Carolyn, but good thing Eve is a villain. It's a good thing Eve is a villain because that means she will definitely get the girl. At least that's, that's what my clown makeup, you guys, is saying to me on this day. And it's like, Carolyn, this is your fault? Most of it is your fault. You were like, what do you call that thing when people do when they co-sign your bad behavior? What's that Oh, term? like an enabler? Or... Yeah, she's an enabler. She's the dealer. She is the person dealing the drugs. <laughs> and literally she showed up in what was it, episode two with an envelope full of liquid heroin mm-hmm. that was Villanelle, hey girl, have you seen about, have you seen, let me just pull it out slowly. And do you remember Eve's face? She was like. (sighs) You need to leave. Get out, (laughs) Carolyn. So come on, Carolyn, you are out here playing games. And then she bounces and leaves Eve in the restaurant without an omelet and without her presence.
0: Uh, So the next thing that shows up is going to be the constant scene. But before we jump, before we jump here, I just want to do both the deleted moments because they both happen at this brunch scene. So oh. the first one is Mo running into Eve where she is essentially telling him to schedule therapy for himself for 10 years from now. And he's like, 10 years, why, why so long? She's like, well, you won't have time. I guess trying to tell him that this job that he's continually choosing to do will, will keep him so busy, so enamored in- enthralled and wrapped that he won't <laughs> have any time to focus I on can't. self-help. And he will need it. (laughs) He will need it. And I guess he won't be able to hear the therapist until like there's enough of a removal period from all this drama where things will ring true and closer to the heart. Maybe. We'll see. And then the other deleted moment is with Carolyn leaving Eve stuck on red (laughs) where she's essentially (laughs) she is hammering in the fact that, you know what, out of all out of all things you could be thinking about this is what you can think of. Non-stop. And nothing else like this. There's like a single track mind.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean... I don't... Again, is this new information that Eve and Villanelle share a brain cell and depending on what's happening on any given day, who knows what's going on with a brain cell? Sometimes one bitch got the whole thing, sometimes they're splitting it. So right. I just don't know why Carolyn is acting brand new. But I think I do know because she's stressed. Like, by the time we see this episode, she's all the way done. She let her bath water run out two oh, inches on the floor. Yeah. So she's all the way done. So I get it. I fucking get it. And then, so after these deleted scenes, right, we cut to the detention center in Moscow. And Adina is there being examined by a doctor, some sort of psychoanalyst, I presume. And she gets up to leave the room and she shoots her dad. The most horrible, hateful look, which he deserves. Agreed. It's the look that says, why am I here? Why am I under someone's charge, dad? Why? You told me it was time to run. I was trying to have a little fun before we left the country. But I guess that's not, that's something only your other daughter can do, Villanelle. See, if I was Adina, I have so much energy for Constantine. (laughs) Right. So much. And the doctor comes out and is like, look, your child is disturbing. Okay. And Constantine is basically like, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine being told to eat a dick in Icelandic every day. It's wild, right? Kids. And the doctor's like, no, dude, no. What I mean is like really, really, really disturbing, like the kind of disturbing that is going to have to stay inside of this place, like in this hospital, for what we have deemed criminally not okay, not sane, young people. Your daughter's one of them. So this bitch is staying here. All right? She
0: said that if she could go back in time, that she would have backed over her <laughs>
1: Because Constantine's like, is it a big deal? And the doctor's like, she don't have no empathy. The empathy doesn't exist. Like the limit in Mean Girls does not exist. And Constantine was like, oh, like her mother. <laughs> and here's a doctor like, bitch, that's not funny. Maybe you should bring your ex-wife in here if if she too is exhibiting these same symptoms. But I'm serious. And Constantine is like, look, okay, let me pull out some monies. How much is this guy, gonna take?
0: He's rolling his eyes, looking up. I feel like he's beyond. Uh, a Ritz-Carlton massage. like just Well, during a- the
1: live, I said, bitch, don't you got bills? Right? Don't you got a kid right. in school? Don't you got a grandmama that needs help? Sir, none of this money is useful to you. You are this obsessed with controlling the destiny of a young girl that you won't take this money? Then I
0: thought about cameras, but I'm like, but then wouldn't you beckon him to go somewhere where there's no cameras? Like, there
1: has to be Killing a way. Eve science. <laughs> Killing science. Killing you science. Maybe Constantine would have seized those cameras. But yeah, essentially, Constantine can't get anything through with this dude. He is apparently ethical. Right. He is like, no, what my job is, sir, is to keep these derelict children off the streets. And that's what I will be doing. All right. Including your daughter. And Constantine, he has a moment where he kind of flips out. And he's like, yo, we were supposed to be on vacation. And I screamed at the TV. But whose fault is it, Constantine? But whose fault fault. is it, Constantine? I was hoping that was the truth hitting him back Uh. when he hit the
0: wall. He's like, oh, we're supposed to be on holiday or whatever. And then the truth hitting him back. Yeah, but you don't want to put your daughter there. And then it's like. He's like wincing and like pain. Well, he grabs his chest because right. he's
1: worked up. And this has been the thing we've seen all season. Oh, Constantine. Oh, his heart. Oh, we're suspecting that he's going to have a heart attack. And the doctor for a moment is like, oh, bitch, you need to sit down or something? You look you look like you could sit down. And Constantine is like, nah, bitch. And he's like, okay, but let me just leave you on this nugget. Adina isn't going anywhere for a while. All right? Because Ooh. she's disturbed. She's a disturbed Ooh. child. She's a fucking killer. And Constantine's just like, oh. And me, I'm just like, what the ever-loving fuck? A girl does one misandry crime and she is locked up in less than 24 hours. Wow. Wow. The patriarchy sucks. It sucks. Because I just feel like the worst of the men criminals, they out there. Roman. Very true. Roman, free. Adina? Adina. She's locked up. Anyway. I think after that we cut to Eve in the dumpster looking for her cake box.
0: Bear is approaching the bitter pill and of course he hears Eve's voice.
1: He hears her talking to herself (laughs) in
0: in that dumpster
1: adorably. So, uh... He's like, oh, what's that? What's that sound? And he goes (laughs) to the dumpster. Here's Eve (laughs) throwing shit. And he asks, what's going on because it looks like a mental health crisis. And I just thought it was so hilarious because given how he's always running into Eve, this bitch sleeping on the couch, this bitch got her undies coming out her pants leg. She's stealing his cereal. So for bear, he's like, this woman has been hanging on by the thinnest of threads since I met her. And now she's in the trash. She's in the trash. And I feel like he was like, girl, you hungry? Are you hungry? Because if you're looking for the spoiled cake, I can hit you up with some coins for a croissant. Because wow, wow, Eve. Eve, wow. Eve, it
0: was interesting seeing you in that dumpster, in those clothes. But I mean... And then it's Girl, fine. Lord. I guess. I guess. And she's sifting through the cardboard. She runs into someone's underwear. She's like, ugh.
1: Oh, I also have to point out what you said during the live because it's so smart. Why was it still there? At least a week has passed. Right. Since Villanelle was on the bus with the stuff and then the cake and the stuff coming in the next episode. So, uh, um, it's recycling once a month in the UK. I'm wondering if it's like... Is that
0: what it is? They do. Like,
1: do they have, like,
0: monthly pickups? So, like... Do they rent the big truck to dump the little cans in? I, and then when that fills, they haul that away? Like, is that the thing?
1: I don't know, because there's there's dumpsters right outside this building. And with how frequent someone empties that, because it's right. the whole building going right. in there. And so that's what I'm confused. I'm like, wouldn't that be the whole building? So I don't really know what to say about that, except Killing Eve Science, because there's no fucking reason the top of that cake box should have been in the dumpster more than a week later. A lot of times you throw shit out. Three days later, you're like, oh no, it's gone. It's done. Do it's wanna, done. You want to hear more about Science
0: and Killing Eve? So if the police did come and raid the Bitter Pill, you think they're not going to look through the trash for extra things, extra intel, extra info?
1: Actually, I don't. Because when you have a warrant to raid, you usually are raiding for a specific reason. And, like, you can't can't just go in there and look for whatever you want. You have to look Mm. for what's on the warrant specifically. So if they didn't know anything to do with the cake, they wouldn't have. But then they could also adjust because garbage is public. Unless it's on private property and then maybe you can get in trouble. But yeah, no, no, no. I don't think that would be a thing. But at this point, I'm like the 12 rated them or Carolyn by herself. So yeah, that's my theory. This is Carol just going,
0: you know, I haven't said fuck you in a long time to you, Jamie, for that so, jaunt in my, in my lip girl. Fuck you. Right, so, right, exactly, ooh, ooh. exactly. <laughs> and he was feeling it.
1: I was, like, Googling recycling rates in the UK because, you know, me and my need for information. And they recycle. Of course they recycle. But it seems like they recycle as regularly as we do in America, so from what th- I can I mean, tell. mean, so that...
0: It's time. We just don't know how much time has been passing or why things were delayed. Maybe it was like a holiday that week before. Or they observed something and chose not to recycle for that week, for that building,
1: whatever. Okay, it was. but the dumpster was fucking full. It was. And I would also like to say that, unfortunately, I have knowledge. That if you get into a dumpster and the stuff in there has been in there for more than four days, sir. The smells. Right, right. The juices. Right, right. right. The the things that move inside right, said right. dumpster are disturbing. And a number of years ago, I befriended a bunch of uh squatter types. I'll call them, what's the term for when you're, you're globetrotting? I'll call them globe trotting squatters because it's a, it's a okay. skill. It truly is a skill Olympic to be able to globetrot tier, and not pay bills. Olympic tier, uh, cross country couch surfers. Except they couch surfing <laughs> outside, sometimes oh, inside, oh, oh. but they were the ones who, the people I befriended in that circle. That's when I learned about dumpster diving, the art in terms of, Here's how you can intricately understand how much countries waste food. And if you are at a certain place at a certain time, you are getting perfectly edible food and right. stuff. And so that's how they lived and operated. And so a couple of times I was like, well, bitch, I'm trying to learn. And uh, it only took a couple of times for Candace to be in a dumpster. Where I was like, bitch, this is not this is not for me. It's this not is not what Lilith laid out. It's not what she laid out. Maybe for y'all. She has laid it out. And I'm so happy you guys are globetrotting and you're not paying for food because that's fantastic. But what Candace can't do. Is this? (laughs) I was always at that one. That was a twelve-legged
0: thing over there, and I gotta go. That one face right before the dumpster, which is catching the, the establishment right before they're closing. It's like, well, look. All of this okay, but that's decent. And then it's like, that's decent. are you really going to make me pay a full price for it? I know this has been on that show for hours. I know that as soon as these lights cut off, you're throwing
1: it out. So I did that for a while not, when I was just, younger, when I could get it to like right. to give to the homeless. Where you're like, could I just get the bagels? Could I get the bagels you are definitely going to throw out? Right. And these things, and just give them, give the muffins to a person right. who could take them. But Like, you know.
0: I'll give you some money, Ridiculous sure. laws. It's just... You're really not going to make me pay. Right. This is literally going in the trash. It literally is
1: going in the trash, sir. I'm just trying to make sure that it goes to someone who could use it. Ugh. But yeah, so Eve is in that damn trash. And (laughs) Bear is very fucking disturbed, as he always is when he runs into Eve. And I think he eventually is like, well, what's this really about Eve? You can't just be in here dumpster diving for your cake box because you want to try the icing. And she's like, Villanelle sent me the cake. And Bear's just like, oh shit. Right. Oh shit. So in that moment, Bear has finally been
0: made aware that not only... Was he definitely correct about the fact that she chose not to share that birthday cake, but that it got sent to it the office? It got sent to the office
1: by <laughs> an assassin, <laughs> right? So she's yet to reveal how close <laughs> she is to this assassin. Because if I were Bear, I would just be like by myself, random times, like, okay, but why did she send her a cake though? Like that's an interesting way to torture somebody—send them gifts. Like I would just have questions for Eve, right. but did, Eve doesn't answer his questions, so did, it doesn't did matter. Did he
0: herself bring this cake into the office? Did she take the bus when she brought it? Like, I'm sure his questions were like ridiculous. He has so
1: many questions. Right. But he's also a hacker, so theoretically, he should be able to hack into some cameras and stuff and figure it out himself who delivered the cake and what right. was going on. But again, let's not get into killing science. science. Let's not do that. So here's Even Bear jaunting into
0: the building, you know, but it post on the second floor. I learned this from the vending machine episode. And they get to the office, and Jamie's, it's I want to say he's vaping. But
1: he yes. is. It's- okay. Va- Jamie is vaping like the entire time we see seen this episode and I kind of wanted to slap him for it because it was too much. It was much too much, sir.
0: And from Eve being in the trash to seeing how trashed the pillow looked, I was like, Lord, we need them to clean here. Do get- we got... Vending machine items from January. Who has the broom? Right. Where's let, Dredd? I bet she's not right, doing
1: anything. Right. Let her
0: clean. <laughs> <laughs> she's been off screen for like five episodes. Like really? I just need
1: someone to. And they're bringing her back in the next episode. We can see ah, from a trailer. And I'm like, so y'all doing her like you do Mo? Please just... let Dread die. Now that's rude. That's rude. I don't necessarily want Dread to die. I'm just sort of like, where are the bodies? We're in the season finale. Where are the deaths? Where is the substantial loss? Where are the stakes? anyways. I mean, no, but you're right. It's valid. And, you know, Eve's trying to figure out what
0: happened, and Jamie tells
1: us that they were raided. Oh, yeah. After he says that, she's like, well, I mean, why? And essentially, he's like, Official Secrets Act, which I was like, that's... Is that, that a real is, act? I haven't Googled it, kind of but that just doesn't seem right. And then he says something about obtaining data illegally and colluding with foreign criminals on the dark web. And the last thing mm-hmm. to which Eve is like, oh, do we do that? Initially, I'm like, right. we? We? Right. We, Eve? We? You don't work for Eve. Eve. Have you been filling out forms, Eve? Are you receiving a paycheck, she Eve? Are you on payroll, Eve?
0: Right. We? We?
1: You're an employee at Bitter Pill, Eve? When did this happen? His response was, well, we don't not do that. We don't no. not do it, bitch. Oh we God. we don't not. She's like, oh, okay. This is the moral gray
0: that she's like, I can live with this moral gray. Like, this is fine.
1: She's like, bitch, I, I exist entirely in the moral gray. <laughs>
0: she's like, Bear, do you, do you still have your laptop? Because all the computers, everything's gone. <laughs> Literally,
1: they took it all." Bear's over here like. Wait. Oh, wait, that's how uh, Jamie walks off. Remember, he's like, I just need a moment to process this. And that's right. when he was like, no, bitch, ain't no time to process. We have work to do. My girl's out there. I need to find her. Um, Bear, could you get your computer, please? And do the thing, find the thing, do the thing. And Jamie's like, don't. And Bear's like, I'm sorry, am I employed right now? <laughs> I mean, I came here to do work and it looks like there's no work. To do except for what Eve is saying, so I'm gonna I'm do that.
0: Oh, so I'm gonna go and drink from the office. He doesn't sound like that. I don't know where for that is. For some reason, I don't from. trust Jamie.
1: I'm like, you're <laughs> going to report back to the 12, sir. Because since Dread has become so inconsequential, I'm like my new plant theory for who's the plant in the bitter pill, because doesn't someone have to be the plant? It's Jamie. <laughs> someone has to be the plant.
0: I, someone has to Red be the plant. Red and Dread. I don't trust Red and Dread still.
1: But how, but to me, if they make Dread the plant, I will entirely despise it because they've given her nothing to do. She literally hasn't had a fucking line since Kenny's funeral it's outside of that's muffled things you. at Jamie's office. So I can't. You can't give something that significant to someone that you've never given screen time to beyond the first two episodes. Which is why I was sad
0: that they didn't have her appear in this episode because... It would have been Stay sad. Nice Stay mad. Symmetry.
1: It would have. But guess what you're not getting, sir? Symmetry right. no, to... no, no, you're not. No, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And uh, so. That's right. Bear's still going on after Eve is like, we don't have time for your emotions or your breakdown. We have time to work. And that's all we have time for. And she tells Bear to take out his laptop. Because what does Jamie say? Oh, are you going to Google the answers? Right. She's like, no, <laughs> I'm going to Google a bakery in North London. I'm going to get the number, huh? Ha and then she holds up her dirty cake box with such pride. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Eve, pride and glee. And that's when Jamie tries to warm Bear, like, Don't get involved, bro. And he's just like, Listen, man, I got nothing to do. I don't have a job anymore. So I'm I'm gonna have fun with Eve and hack. I think he also kind of enjoys when Eve bosses him around in general. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. Who wouldn't? And so he's into it, and it's off to go day drink, and after that, we cut back to Edina in the detention center.
0: Right, but now we're in the visitation area, so everyone's in these matching uniforms, so all the kids are in, like, this bright red top.
1: Um, yes, this was the early scene, a piece of the early scene that we got last week. Oh, yeah. Week. And it's definitely some visiting area and it's definitely murder kids jail because all the kids are in like red orange sweats or something. And And I'm like, wow, you don't even get to choose your own colors
0: and enough of them got smoke for their business which is weird to see it's almost like they all why are is there it weird?
1: they're juveniles in jail which means the reasons they're there is other people well so yes. i would have smoke too
0: right well not every visit is gonna be the direct reason why you're there or at least oh. i would hope at least i would no no,
1: no. you have to say because if you get locked up and you're a minor and your parents don't make sure you get out either with legal action or illegal action what are they And whomst are they? I would be upset, too. Like, you got me here in jail because we all know that jail doesn't fix people. If there actually was some data that said, you know what? When we lock up the criminally insane, they recoup. When we lock up people who do bad things, they get better. They don't. They get worse. So all Constantine is doing is ensuring at this time that Adina comes out a much more violent, much more jaunty, bitter Person who potentially doesn't love her father anymore. So I would be careful if I was Constantine leaving Adina with people no, who would true. wear her skin like a pashmina and you took her fucking shake. Anyway, you finish recapping because every right, time so, I think about this, I get upset right. that she's in jail and so, I just, I right. can't. Back to girl interrupted,
0: Constantine walks in and she sees it again. Wait a goddamn second, sir. you... <laughs> <laughs> I'm See just a girl right.
1: interrupted. Right. Yo, no, but she I is. Hate, I hate how relevant it is. Okay. I hate how relevant it is because think about how the fact that Susanna was like, I don't belong here, and the therapist was like, but you chased a bottle of aspirin with a bottle of Avil. and she was like, but I, I had, had a headache. headache. Right. I had a headache. <laughs> and he's like, mm, no, no, you belong here. Mm. And that's the kind of weird irony. But Adina is that we don't want her there, but she definitely belongs there. Heavy quotation. So guys, she I gonna got be the Lisa?
0: Quotes. I mean, we don't know because we haven't met any of the kids, and so we don't need to because too much of it. A- right. <laughs> too much oh of a god. distraction but i
1: would love for her to be the lisa she would be the lisa because i could see her eviscerating with her intelligence right so absolutely
0: that's the, that's the orderlies that's security right. that's right. other Look girls how she took apart her father
1: right someone right. as smart as adina speaking all the languages she all she has to do is observe and listen to someone for a day and then she's like i got your whole shit i got the your the behavior whole book. Observer. let me tell you about right. your marriage nurse and nurse is like oh my god i'm scared even during intake i'm sure everybody was like oh God. God. <laughs> what? Well, Alina, would, Alina would give me pause simply for her IQ. Right. That she's not just got the lack of empathy and things that they say make easier for you to kill. It's the fact that she knows at least seven languages, if not 10. But- <laughs> and she is smart as fuck. So she's already thinking 18 steps ahead of you. And she's right. tired of the shit, which is why she was tired of her daddy. She's like, I'm so far beyond. I can't believe you put me here. Of all the places you could put me for killing a man, this is what you chose. Disappointed, daddy. And I am too. I am too. Daddy Constantine. Very disappointed. Sorry, you I'm, finished just this scene. I'm just saying I'm just going to keep yelling and grunting if this, I have to talk about it. She was giving
0: me like Alice Morgan energy and I'm going to keep I, I won't. Keep. Why do you keep saying names keep, I love? Right, well, Why, did well, it, well, Why did you mention Alice? Why did you mention Alice? Why
1: did you do that?
0: She had the energy. That's all I'm God saying. Damn That's it. all I'm saying. And then here she goes sitting with her father. She's like, oh, look I what a friend Alice. got me. And who knows if she just liberated this from somebody or it
1: was an actual gift. We don't know. I think it was a gift. And this is the fan fiction I'm going with because Adina is so fucking impressive that whoever gave her the shank was like, you know what? People be out here wearing skins as pashminas, but not you, boo. I would like for you to be safe. I got an extra shank. I have my toothbrush. Here, take this because Aww. bitches be wildin'. Could have been her first friend. Right, right. And I said he took the shank and didn't give it back. And I said, bitch, you want her to die. You want her to get jumped. Is that what you want? Because have you looked around? There's not even bright lights. This looks like a facility that doesn't have much money or funding. And I am very concerned about what's happening to the kids in there. And
0: yes, he's like, oh, well, don't uh, make contact or speak to people in here and just walk away from them. And so she gets up and walks away from constantly. He grabs her like, well, you told me to walk away from people.
1: Oh, she has, she has no chill for her father. Uh, nor well. any respect at this point. But should she? Given his snitching issues? Definitely not. And he continues to yell out and say that, you know if it weren't for
0: I'm guessing her actions that they would be someplace warm or whatever chilling by now and she's like okay
1: well yeah that's because she's not believing that he's not gonna take her out of there which that makes sense girl I wouldn't believe it either right and then he puts it on her oh it's your fault oh if you hadn't been so does he use the word stupid foolish I can't remember what it was but he's like if you hadn't been so ridiculous we would be on a beach in Cuba and I really got mad at Constantine then because I'm like but the only reason you're not is because of you so... Right. And, and she
0: knows that the reason the two of you are there
1: is because you brought her there. Right. So if
0: you did now start to act like you're going to leave her behind, it's like, well, why would you? You wouldn't do that.
1: Like why would you? Why would you? And then when he says he's gonna come back for her in two days, what's so sad for him, Adina is that she doesn't believe him, and there's every reason for her not right. to believe
0: him because he's been lying this whole fucking time. She just saw you and Villanelle fight when she was finished playing hockey, and she wanted to come, and you were like, "Well, you heard him say that he was picking you, right?" But
1: now you hear him saying he's, he's leaving, leaving you, you here. behind, right, 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 right. And again, for all the problems that Villanelle has caused him, again, I don't see how he can justify this ridiculousness with his daughter. But that's what he's doing. And And he ends up leaving and he says, like, I'll see you in two days. And she screams out, eat a dick, dick. bitch, in Icelandic. (laughs) And because he doesn't respond, I feel like, and also she needs to put something else on it. She's like, bastard, in that accent she has. And um, all I can say is I agree, Adina. The bastard needs to eat a dick. I'm
0: sure all the other girls in the red shirts sitting on those tables was like, "Mm, okay, all right.
1: All right. They should have did the slow clap. Yes, again. that's fact, what I was waiting for. You know what? They all need to just link up together and do like a song, like um, Annie style like the kids in the orphanage, but just about their shitty parents who put them in jail. It's like, yeah, maybe we murder. Yeah, maybe I lit that bitch <laughs> on fire. But is this what I deserve? <laughs> to be abandoned So now. listen,
0: when we break now. out of here, we'll we'll have a hit list of all of our folks in order. And we'll all help each other. Okay, but how is the wrong not at these
1: places? Getting the kids, I, getting the people listen, younger so they'll do what you right? say. Where's
0: Ellen coming in going, mm, I'm here for my, my, my daughter.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm, I'm here her, to seize all right? the women, all the girls. <laughs> Actually, one, two, three, four. Yeah, I'm, I'm adopting them. Mm-hmm. it's going to be mm. my misandry harem of We're- violence thank you i know i just keep speaking my fantasies into existence but that's just because i desperately would like for someone in the world to have their vigilante women getting back somebody's evil man on a planet but maybe one day
0: weapons training like i just everything about what you're, you gave me in my head like i love it where's the show where is the fucking do show
1: know who do, you, do you know the <laughs> fuck i am bitch lord